0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Horse Sense, Street Smart Investing, the podcast. I'm Ron Corning, along with Clark Hodges and Alan Ebright, who are here to talk about uh, the markets in January. Really, it was just not a whole lot going on in January. I don't even know why we're doing this, Clark. Um, (laughs) One word to describe what your January was like in this business. Down. Down. Down,
1: down for sure. Up and down or or
0: it generally was down? Down, generally
1: down. And there's there's been years where you just get a new calendar year and all of a sudden the market's different. And this has definitely been one of those years where the market, knowing what it knows with inflation and all that coming in December was fine. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that calendar changes. And for whatever reason, things start acting totally different. That's definitely what we have. This what year.
0: what were the reasons the January the January reasons? What were the reasons for it?
1: I, my personal reason that I believe, and you never really know, you know, it's always some guy on TV speculating, but it is a given in my opinion that the Fed's going to raise interest rates four times this year. Uh, I don't predict interest rates, but it seems like that's what the market's saying, and for whatever reason, it just started having an effect on growth stocks. This in January,
0: yeah, it's interesting, Alan, because you hear on various business channels, they say the market is forward-looking. This is baked in. And so on that Wednesday, I think, like the third week in January where um they hinted to a rate hike, the market takes a downturn. And I thought by that point, haven't we all talked this out? Haven't we anticipated this? Haven't we expected this? And I'm sure, You all here to some degree sort of
2: felt the same way. So what was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, this is just one of those other corrections and corrections happen usually every year. And the reason is always different. And you'll turn on the TV and they'll put, you know, they'll fill up half the airtime with people that are saying this is just a mere blip and they're very bullish. Then they'll fill up the other half the airtime with people that are doom and gloom saying this isn't over yet. It's only going to get worse but you know what happens to a a client or a prospective client that's thinking about getting into the market it always raises this question of should i get in now mm-hmm. is the market too high or now we're in a correction and it's only going to go lower so i can't do this now and i always caution people about doing that because when you get into the market, you're getting in for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. You're not hopping in and out of the market. That's just gambling. It's so hard
0: though, if somebody, for example, got in, let's say in September, October of 2021, and they're one of, they're among those people who check that statement every month and they saw growth and they felt great. And then they open up the statement from January and they see this, they see this loss. And then on the other hand, you've got somebody who has been sitting on the sidelines and they wonder, will it go lower or is this as low as it's going to go? So on both sides of it, you have the human emotion of wanting to see progress or wondering if you'll lose money if it's not low enough. How do you reconcile all
2: of that when a client comes to you? Well, it's a very common question that people ask. And, you know, jokingly, for humor's sake, we always bring in our resident market strategist for questions like this. Mm -hmm. And so here's our market (laughs) strategist, the magic eight ball. It's like the chimpanzee that picks stocks, right? Absolutely. You can ask (laughs) it, you know, is the market, is it a good time to be in the market? And what's it say? It is decidedly so. Okay. Okay. Well, then the decision has been made. Ask again. (laughs) So you get a whole range of answers from our, our chief market strategist here. But, you know, when you're when you're going to start investing and put you we put together plans for people that are going to pan out over multiple decades, it doesn't matter what the market is doing right now. Right. It matters. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I,
0: you know, I don't want to make it sound like what you all do is a crapshoot with the magic eight ball because we know it's not right. But you can't predict how low it will go or how high right. it will go because there were so many factors, including human emotion, who bails when it's dropping who jumps in when it's going up high. But Clark, what you do know from your analysts and from your own research is the fundamentals of certain companies in any economy at any time. And so to that point, as you watch the market fall and you wonder how low will it go, are is there in that the opportunity to buy into some companies which have gotten caught up in the panic And the price of their stock doesn't reflect the value of their company?
1: Without a doubt. You could take a survey of stocks and look at their 52 week high. And right now, if you did that, you'd probably be shocked at some of the very well run, most well managed companies in in our country that are well off their highs. And you got to remember the stock market is made up of individual stocks, which is individual companies. And instead of saying, instead of focusing on what the index is actually doing, Go dig a little deeper and say, well, the index has done this, but this company, which we all know about XYZ Corp or what have you, they're still, I still see their trucks or what have you. They're still doing well, or I'm using their product just as much as I ever have. And then you start to think, okay, well, it's this percentage off its high. Hmm. I'm a long-term investor. Hmm. Maybe I should try to get some guts and get in the market instead of trying to squelch those fears of wanting to sell, which I totally get because that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to do. It's easy to say don't sell, but when it's your money, you wake up and you worry and you you just panic. And, and that's that happens.
0: And haven't you, anecdotally, we've talked about this without mentioning specific companies, if the energy sector overall takes a hit because sentiment is negative for whatever reason, in that... Overall sell-off of the energy sector is energy company A, B, or C that you know fundamentally has a future B because they're diversified, because they've they've got earnings, potential, etc. And in that there are growth opportunities. So what are you doing right now as the market is down from its highs in 2021 to strate- to strategically place people Um, in certain sectors and in certain stocks that we'll see growth over 2022.
2: More to the point of of what I want to help to educate our listeners about is the whole element of, is it the right time to get into a market or not? And my favorite quote is, human emotion is a failed investor.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: Mm -hmm. if you drag these emotions and keep second guessing yeah, I'm going to get in tomorrow. Then you don't get in tomorrow. Days turn into weeks, turn into months. You're hopping in, you're hopping out of the market. You think you're smarter than the market. All you're going to do is cause yourself a lot of extra grief. And your long-term returns are, are probably going to be pretty darn bad.
0: I was going to say, it's it's you've said this before, Clark. You cannot time <clears throat> the market. It's as simple as that. It's really easy in hindsight, for example, to look at 2020 and say, boy, we were at a high in January pre-pandemic. I wish I'd cashed out entirely and gotten back in on March 13th when it reached that low and then sprung back. We don't know that's happening in real time when it's happening. And you put out something on one of your, your fast is it the Friday Five that you Mm -hmm, put out?
1: The Friday Five. That I
0: really enjoy. And we'll post that for you as well so you can see the Friday Five where Clark on Fridays... Post five things about the market, observations, trends, and so forth, which might offer some guidance and some insight. And you had said if you had missed out on any one of the 30, was it any one of the 30 best days right, in the over, market? Over a long period of time. Over
1: a long period of time. Your average return is cut. From, I think, from 9-something to 4-something percent. From 9% to
0: 4% if you missed. So if you think you're going to time it and- You're going to get out today because it's dropping and it drops for three days. And on day four, it springs up a 1,000 points. You've missed out on one of the best days historically in the market. So how do you, though, talk people away from their own impulses and their ability now to trade on their own because they have access to platforms that let them do
1: it? You have to remind them that at 3 o'clock today, the bell sounds and the stocks stop trading. But you have to remind them, It starts over in the morning. And so you can't look at the end of the day, I got to sell today type mentality. You can't look at that as a good strategy because that's not a good strategy. This game goes on and on and on. And two thirds of the time, the market goes up.
0: What about keeping cash on the side? Because there are people who might have been fully invested with every cent they had when they really could have probably kept some cash on the side. And they look at the first month of 2022 and think, I've missed out on opportunities to have had some cash to get into some stocks that were overpriced a year ago, two years ago. What do you say to that, Alan?
2: Well, so there's a couple of things, right? There's if you're in the accumulation phase, right, you're still working, saving uh, and investing. um, Yeah, there's nothing wrong to keep some strategic cash on the sidelines and wait for, you know, market opportunities like we've seen these last few weeks to buy things that have become cheaper, Mm -hmm. Um, if we flip to a retiree who needs, they're kind of in the withdrawal phase of their life where they need regular income from their portfolio, keeping some cash on the side that you could pull from during market downturns, that's another type of way that you can run a portfolio for somebody like that. So Mm -hmm. when we sit down with a prospective client, we want to get an understanding and a feeling for what they need to accomplish, what they need their portfolio to do, and then set them up accordingly. I'm sort of thinking like right now, Clark, a young
0: person when the market's correcting, a young person with a 401k who every two weeks is putting money into that retirement account, these are the periods of time in which they're going to get long-term the most value.
1: Yeah, you make your money when you buy, you just don't realize it. And that is in the book, actually. But if you, you're buying- Is that a quote Yeah, it actually book? is in the book, yeah. yeah. And so when you buy when it's low, you're doing what everybody wants to do, which is buy low and sell high. Mm-hmm. When you're selling because the market's crashing or a sector's crashing, you're actually selling low. You know, and and, and, and you we said this before,
0: that. you only lose money when you sell. Right. Otherwise, it's just on, it's just on paper. Right, but
1: having that cash is smart. Mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't need to wait for a market pullback to put some of that cash to work. Sometimes you just look for your favorite stock that you've been wanting to own, and it's pulled back for whatever reason, and you could just go in and buy some of that, and it's 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 had its own little mini meltdown, but it's still a good company, and those kinds of opportunities pop up every day in the market.
0: In some ways, that's as much um, a means to wealth you bet. as i mean your advice is valuable but if you're using a product regularly and you're seeing other people use it use it regularly and talk about it regularly in that could be the key to making some money on a company now beyond there we know there are companies that appear to be doing well but mismanaged behind the scenes that's where you can come in with some of those finer points. But in general terms, with products we use every day, do you believe that's a pretty good
1: measure? Definitely. There's a, a, an investor named Peter Lynch who was in Fidelity years ago. And he, he would say, hey, if you go to your favorite store and the parking lot's packed, that may be something to consider. Or if they treat you good when you're there, you got to have a good experience at the retailer. Mm-hmm. You may want to consider that as a good investment. And that's exactly, observation is a huge part of good sound investing. Did he end up at Merrill Lynch? I mean, that would be good brand yeah. alignment for Peter
0: <laughs> Lynch to go to Merrill Lynch. <laughs> Uncle Merrill. Um, Alan, final word now on just what we want to leave people with. Again, when they see that statement, they begin to panic they question where things are at for them long term i mean it's really easy over a course of 2 months to go from feeling great about what you have to feeling like it's all lost and in that is the happy balance or the the the, the truth lies somewhere in the middle i guess i should say
2: that's right and you know the the number one job of a financial advisor is you are a financial therapist And you will have clients that get a little nervous in markets like this. And your job is to call them and talk to them and explain what we're doing and why and remind them that when we went down this road together, you are now on a path that's going to be 10, 20, maybe even 30 years in duration, depending Mm -hmm. on the age when you started. And so that's what you say to your clients. What you say to a prospect is a lot of people that are out there doing this themselves they will panic. They will get worried. And I tell these prospective people that come in and talk to us, look, you have trained investment professionals here Mm -hmm. that have been doing this for 20 to 30 years. So guess what? You get to offload your emotion onto people that know how to deal with the emotions Of investing. And that alone is a very saleable point of what we provide for a client. I was going to say the
0: therapist office is open right here on Maple (laughs) in Uptown Dallas (laughs) at Hodges Capital Management. All right, guys, thank you. Appreciate it, Clark Hodges and Alan Ebright. Thank you. Horse Scent Street Smart Investing, the podcast. Check out our whole library of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and we will see you next time.
3: Hodges Capital Management Incorporated, HCM is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hodges Capital Holdings and serves as investment advisor to the Hodges Funds. HCM is affiliated with First Dallas Securities Incorporated, a broker, dealer, and investment advisor registered with the SEC. This discussion is not intended to be a forecast of future events and should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. Investing in smaller companies involves additional risk, such as limited liquidity and greater volatility. No current or prospective client should assume that information referenced in this communication is a recommendation to buy or sell any security or is a substitute for personalized investment advice from your individual advisor. HCM does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor for any related questions. All information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable and is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. This material was created for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed are solely those of HCM. HCM shall not in any way be liable for claims and makes no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and are subject to change without notice.
0: To learn more about the topics we covered in this episode, visit HodgesPrivateCapital.com. Continue the conversation on our Facebook page, Listen and download this episode and previous episodes on Apple Podcasts and on all other podcast platforms.